With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Do you not understand that they are that way because you're Joe Flacco? And you just like to discredit things that people deserve credit for. That you can't possibly be expected to defend that. Talk about the game, Sam. So who cares about what people think about us? Yeah, I like football, I like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Sam Monson and our friend Nate Tice joining us for our very special player comp episode. Welcome in, Nate. How you doing? This feels like it's been in the works a little bit. There's been a lot of spitballing and brainstorming <laughs> for this, so I'm glad we finally get to sit down and do it and go with some, uh, I don't want to spoil it at all, but some obscured, obscurity, maybe some, you know, some wrestling references apparently we might throw in here today there could be wrestler comps you never know but like that's um this is where this all started right Nate you were throwing out player comps last year on Twitter I know Sam you caught a bunch of them and um what the the Twitter sphere just could not handle Nate's player comps last year that's what I love about Nate's comps is you know everyone's throwing out player comps this time of year right but everybody's throwing out like oh this guy reminds me of insert hall of famer you know yeah. uh, shades of randy moss crossed with terrell owens and a bit of jerry rice thrown in there as well whereas nate was comping these guys to like random moderately successful nfl players right yeah. that like everybody else would take as a gross insult to this player's prospects oh you're telling me this guy's only gonna play in the league for six years and be you know make one pro bowl and and, but that's like a it's the most realistic and b they're actually the most interesting players to talk about what? Yeah, it's you forget that a lot of the NFL is made up of not the one percent of the one percent Hall of Famers. Right. <laughs> so it's and I get and some that's I don't want to like get too far out of myself because there might have been one or two I did throw in here, but it's but like last year I think really a lot of those started with uh, maybe two years ago with Ceh getting drafted and I was like man he reminds me of Boelde Moore and I was like that's a compliment and people were like he's so much better than that how could, how dare you compare him to Boelde Moore and I was. That was that was a good thing, guys. Right. I, I, meant, I meant that as a compliment. <laughs> and, and now we're like a couple of years later, and he wishes he was Moeldy Moore. Moeldy Moore. 
<laughs> oh yeah. man, the Chiefs could use Moelde right. more right now <laughs> yes. in their offense. Yes. Were there any other, before we get into it? Were there any other over the last couple of years that you got a lot of uh, pushback against? Any fun ones? Uh, what's his face? Uh, Najee Harris. I compared to James Conner, and oh, that yeah. that was the one that <laughs> pre-draft, really, right? Uh, part before again. the Steelers even drafted him. Yeah, which I thought was it was hilarious. Two months later that they drafted him, and like. Yeah, it made a lot of sense why they might like him and stuff. But that one was the one where everyone's like, I, I can, he's so much better. Are you, are you kidding me? I, do you even know what you're talking about? And that's why I said, oh, yeah, I actually coached James Conner at Pitt. So oh, <laughs> I actually right, have a little background right. on one of these guys. But, yeah, that was that was the one that kind of, like, really ruffled some feathers. And uh, Conner goes on to have a, you know, a better season than <laughs> yeah. Najee Harris did last year as he moved to Arizona in a better situation because that's what happens with running backs. So um, before we get into it, here's what – I would like to do. So I, I sent Nate a list of players. I gave Sam a list of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll go off this like base list. We'll name the player, go around the horn. If you have a player comp, there are some that are, you know, it, you don't want to force it. Right. Yeah. You, you, if you have a comp, you bring it to the table. Um, we have to specify what the player comp is, right? Because yes. we talk a lot on the podcast here, Nate, you know, uh, comparison is not always equating, right? So it's yeah. not like you, – you could say shades of Randy Moss. You could say he does this one thing like Randy Moss yeah. if you want. Mm-hmm. You could say production cop. You can say just the way he, you know, runs a slant cop. Whatever you want, right? Just, you know, put the qualifier on there. Uh, yeah. Before – we're not – I promise we won't run to social media and say, you know, Nate Tice thinks everybody's Randy Moss. Like, that's not going to happen. And um, but like you I just, do have some late '90s Vikings comparisons in here, though. So we we, yeah. we got a couple of NFC Central shoutouts <laughs> here for on, that. on my NFC Central. Maybe not Randy Moss, though. See, he's speaking my language here. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. always always referenced the Central of yeah. the NFC and the AFC when when relevant. So all right, we're going to get into it in one second. But first, the PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. While you focus on your roster moves, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow? Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Wait till we get to the Manscaped read later. Yeah. Right in the middle of everything. It's going to be great. You've got to find the right segue for that one, though. It's got to be, there's got to be a wrestling into Manscaped transition. Somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll figure yeah. out the best way to, to get to that for sure. Yeah. We'll talk about a close shave or something of that sort. Yeah. Oh, that's a close comparison. And if you like close comparisons, you'll like a close shave. I'm going to send you the read. You're doing it. You're doing it, Nate. You're taking it over. (laughs) All right. Let's let's start here at the top of our list. Malik Willis, Liberty quarterbacks. Uh, You know, our our dedicated listeners will already know Sam's comp here, but I will throw it to Nate for uh, a player comp for Malik Willis out of Liberty. He's he's a tough one, but I went with Tyrod Taylor with Malik Willis and a lot of it is the throwing on the move the occasional big arm throw that Tyrod used to uh, used to be able to bring and just of course they'll be able to create with his legs I think Malik is you know a little thicker than Tyrod was but that's what there's a little kind of like people forget Tyrod was running around in Buffalo a little bit actually looked pretty good for a year or two um so I, I really think that's my kind of middle line comparison it's more of a style of play of being able to throw the deep ball be able to move a little bit and you know create some plays with his legs as far and also size too they're actually kind of built fairly similar with malik baby be a little thicker uh he's a thick boy <laughs> it's kind of weird we we almost sort of forget what tyrod started off being and think about more what he transitioned into which is the sort of you know, almost a buzzword for no big plays, you know, one of those conservative type quarterbacks that just doesn't bring enough to the table. But you're right. If you go back to like the very start of his Buffalo career, 
what Tyrod was bringing was like athleticism, rushing plays, and then every game there was like one absolutely absurd bomb yep. or, you know, knife into the, the cover two hole shot, these amazing plays. And then somewhere along the line, he just stopped hitting those and, and became yep. like that was kind of where Buffalo went, all right, we do actually need something better than this. And we need to go looking for somebody that can make more of these big plays because Tyrod started off making them and then they, they kind of evaporated. Yeah, he almost like became too much of a quarterback, if that makes sense. It's almost like, hey, right. no, we want you to be the wild horse a little bit again, like kind of like, you know, kind of the creation plays that you could bring in. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where that came from was early career Tyrod <laughs> with uh, Malik. And, and Nate stays in this era while Sam is going to bring us back to the 90s yes. with his player comp here. To me, Malik Willis is Cordell Stewart adjusted for ah. inflation. You know, adjusted for inflation. Like so, yeah. Like Cordell Stewart, but in modern day, right? I, yeah. I think Stewart was screwed by his time. He was a guy yeah. that didn't fit into conventional prototypes at a time where the league just wasn't capable of adjusting the prototypes. It's like if you don't fit in this cookie cutter shape, yeah. we have no idea what to do with you. So yeah. Slash became, you know, or basically try and play a wide receiver and throw you some gimmick stuff, but we don't actually understand how to do that properly. Now, like if Cordell Stewart came into the league today, I think he would stay at quarterback and the league would have a much better idea of how to build a, thing, build a system around him that played to his strengths, a freaking cannon for an arm, the athleticism, and, you know, minimized what he did badly. Yeah, I be the shotgun because that's back when like being in the shotgun was like, oh no, only third and ten. Like that was it. Like witchcraft. It's it's like like all the other stuff. Yeah, like being in the shotgun was some sort of failing. It was like a weakness of your offense. You can't do that. Can't do that. And that now the whole league's there. That I had that for a receiver once, uh, like a couple years ago. I was thinking about this. Was Peter Warwick was born before his time because like he it was like nope, you have to be on the outside and you have to run vertical routes. And it's like if Peter Warwick was now today, we'd be holy you know holy crap look yeah. at this guy running slants bubbles like all all different ways to get the ball in his hands so it's like that's another that's a guy always when people ask me like who's a guy that was born before his time peter works always a name that comes up but that Wrong love the Stewart yeah I, it makes a ton of sense i've definitely thought about that before and peter warwick is always one of those players i think a lot of people think the same thing in terms of yeah definitely outside of his time in today's nfl there's a much more natural role for peter warwick but then i watched some more like old Peter Warwick tape. And I'm like, you know what? He would be better in today's NFL. On the other hand, a lot of his game is built on Reggie Bush-esque plays of just like, that just doesn't work in the NFL, you know? All bouncing outside, all trying to like run laterally and make people miss. And eventually you just run out of room and there's nowhere to go. And unless you're Dante Hall for like five minutes, there's just no way out of that, right? You can only yeah. dance around laterally for so long before the NFL just buries you. So I kind of watched a bunch of that, and I was like, yeah, Peter Warwick probably would have been a lot better in today's NFL, I'm, but I'm not sure he'd have been the player that we think he would have been, you know, gotcha. based off of I, And I think it was more for me, it was that the stuff that he was good at gets emphasized more now. Yeah. And I get what you mean, that right. it's a lot easier at Florida State when you're playing, you know, the, the old Big East, or uh, not the old Big East, but, uh, you know, when you're playing that kind of independent schedule and you get to play kind of whoever you want. Right. And it was the ACC, I know. But it's like playing those teams that all of a sudden you're playing against Boston College and you're able to just break off five guys in like one little like one little area. NFL athletes are better. Yeah. I think it's just how they would get the ball in his hands. It's Definitely. like where you can yeah. maybe – 
it's not every play, but it's like, oh, there's that flash, like you said. I that's actually interesting. We said Reggie Bush. I actually kind of get what you mean, but the ball in his hands and three jukes right. just to get five yards. And, and always get, get, always get going down. outside, right? Like yeah. towards the sideline, towards the sideline, towards the yeah. sideline, crap the sidelines here. I've run out of room. Like there's just yeah. there's nowhere to go. Wait, I used, <laughs> I used uh Peter Warwick as a running comp for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I thought it was like Peter Warwick playing quarterback with a can, like, you know, with a cannon, obviously relative to the, you know, where Peter Warwick would throw. Uh, but Peter Warwick running, you know, slashing running style playing quarterback. Yeah. I like that. So I like the comps where you have to like string six things together for yeah, to yeah. make it work. That, but that, this is the comp show. Bunch of hyphens right? in the there. Rules, <laughs> there are no rules here. That's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and because of that, I don't have a great Malik Willis comp. I will say the thing I'll pull out, this is the closest thing to Josh Allen caliber throws. Yeah. Josh Allen caliber big time big throws arm. from Malik Willis. Uh, last year, right after the draft, it was like, who's going to be QB1 next year? And nobody really knew. And I think you know Spencer Rattler was getting a bunch of hype mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But people were like, hey, check out Malik Willis. And it's like the overall tape wasn't great, but I just watched his big time throws. I'm like, oh, I cannot believe he's throwing 50 yard you know, laser beams you know, barely, you know, eight, eight feet off the ground on the run and all the way he's doing it. So it's the closest thing to Josh Allen level. I think velocity and big time throws from Malik Willis. Yeah. Yeah. The wow throws are wow. <laughs> it's that's, that's what you're grading with him. It's uh, there's a lot to, he has to work on, but it's every time I like get negative on him, he'll throw three in a row where I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like I get why you want to take a swing on this kind of guy, because that's the be able to place balls that he does and throw it off you know, take the, take it down the field on guys. And then, Oh shoot, there's nothing there. All right. I'm going to make three guys miss in a short space, like, or small space. It's like, that's why I understand why people are kind of bullish on, yeah. on Malik. His, his running ability is pretty special as well. I yeah. don't know if that's getting enough talk in this draft period. Like I think it's like Lamar Jackson has almost broken everybody's perceptions or the scale of which you're being measured. Like he might not be Lamar Jackson, but he's pretty freaking close. Like in terms yeah. of not how he runs, but, the effectiveness and how mm-hmm. just difficult it is to stop the guy. I, see, yeah. I would almost view it the other way and say, I don't think Jalen Hurts is a special runner. I think he's pretty good. And you can see that the Eagles can build a run game off it. Like, right? if, you, yep. if you don't respect him, if you don't have somebody accounting for him in the run game, he'll pick up eight, right? He'll get out there and, and make some plays. I think Malik Willis is better than Hurts and not as good as Lamar, and there's a foundation to be built uh, in the run game around Malik Willis for sure. Yeah, and, and that, that's the thing too is that you know, like you just brought up the Jalen Hurts comp, and then that's that's what we we think of all these running quarterbacks being like Lamar or Vic or even a young Steve Young or anything like that. When you talk about running quarterbacks, and with Malik it's, and Malik and Jalen Hurts, it's a different. It's like power. They're like a power runner, right? And we, like you don't usually see that in the NFL. So it's kind of yeah, it's very it's a new kind of like type of way to win. Yeah, completely agree. So we got some Malik Willis comps. So you went with Tyrod Taylor. Sam went with Cordell Stewart. I just said you've got some shades of Josh Allen from a passing standpoint. Uh, next guy up is Kenny Pickett, mm. Little Hands Pickett, the uh, Pittsburgh quarterback. What do you have here, Nate? I went with Tyler Heineke, and that and that Ooh. is uh, I, I sound mean when I'm saying this, but that is just he's a tough guy to kind of figure out. Yeah. I, I like his ability to create. I like his accuracy, but then there's just I wanted more when I watched him. I thought he would be a lot more heady with his game, and that's where I saw some Joe Burrow comparisons coming in. And I was like, ah, I'm not seeing that, guys. Uh, but when I watch him, I see just, you know, he can go make a play. He's a guy that I think people John, people wanted Johnny Football to be, Ooh. if that makes sense. We're going to the next level. Got to create, 
throw some accurate throws, a couple wow throws off platform, but just more of a, he's more of a steady Eddie. And I thought there would just be more kind of processing with him and all that. So I went with Tyler Haneke. He's more of a supercharged version of that, but that's kind of what his play style is a lot of like accuracy and, and create some plays with his legs and kind of pump up the team a little bit, a little bit of toughness. Yeah, the, the stat that we've been throwing out here a bunch is his average time to throw being over three seconds, right? And yeah. for us, it's just this proxy of, okay, normally in the NFL, you, you get rid of it at 2.5, 2.6. You've got your Brady's and Breeze's at the top of that. Um, and then the guys that are closer to three are guys who do scramble a lot and usually scramble to run. And that's not – he can scramble around and make plays. He's not a scramble-to-run guy. Yeah. But he's definitely being described – like, look at the description of Kenny Pickett compared to say Mac Jones last year at this time and you kind of get similarities like best like when you hear people talk about them right you get this well they're ready to run an offense he's accurate he's this and it's like they're they're completely different players and to your point like when you actually get into the tape I don't think Pickett is really that guy and that's it is tough to come up with that comp of like a guy that uh is not um quick and efficient in the passing game but also not a scrambler um and you know and just extends plays but only to pass i guess as yeah. far as picket goes i liked what you're saying scramble to run he scrambles to pass yeah and i that yeah i, I like that that's that's a good way to uh, kind of describe him yeah he does but he, he it's a, in a weird way he does that and then almost always only after dropping his eyes in the pocket and trying to find space out like he's he's very bad at getting out of the pocket without looking for his way out you know like he yeah. has to navigate the path before he actually does it as opposed to you see players that are able to just they're able to get out without actually finding the way. You know what I mean? They they can just yeah. drop. They can just keep their eyes downfield and understand where the space is and get out in that direction. Pickett, I think, mm-hmm. is bad at doing that. So for me, he reminded me of like just a better version of John Kitna. You know, accurate, yeah. more athletic than you give him credit for, but not like enough for it to be a thing. For it to yeah. be like the the thing he play, places his game on. Capable of awesome big plays, and you'll get that like moxie feel from him. But then. Ooh. Just too many bad plays, you know? Do you remember how yeah. good John Kitna was? At For a while, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is he better John Kitna or just, you know, Well, if John you got Kitna. like, if you got peak John Kitna for his entire career, as opposed to like, you know, because John Kitna had like a couple of really good years, mm-hmm. but the rest of it was like, you know, the baseline was a lot lower. Yeah. He had the one year right before they drafted uh, Palmer, right? Yeah. Or, or yeah. yeah. And then they also like, or the year that Palmer had to sit that, sit out. And then right. he had a year with the Lions that was pretty good with right. Mike Martz or something like that. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you mean, though. I, I, I totally get what you mean. Better athlete than you would expect, but that's not, like, his game. Yeah. Nate, so like, the only time I could talk about hockey, I, I know more about, like, 94, 1994, 1995 that's hockey. your sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know any hockey players right now, but I know 94, 95. Mario Lemieux. Oh, yeah, yeah. like Lemieux, like Geiserman, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I get the whole Blackhawks line and all that stuff thanks to NHL 95 and the whole series. I feel like Nate just knows you, – you, you have this in, like, your bio, right? Like, 02 to 06 or whatever NFL. Like, you know that more than, like, today's NFL, right? Is that is that oh, a fair assessment? A little bit. I think that's why the comparisons really tickled Sam because it was just like, oh, I recognize – it's a lot of names. It's funny when people, like, really, like, go, like, that's fun. Like, it's like you 2 like, uh, Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network. Like, all these guys that, like, like that kind of 1998 to 06. Before, right, the, the, the Houston Texans, right when we started the eight divisions. Like, yeah. that's kind of like, it's, I think that's like my my uh, sweet spot. It's a, a really right weird, uh, it's a really weird kind of period for me specifically, and I suspect a few different people at PFF, because it's, it's that block immediately before 
PFF was actually grading, but right when we all kind of knew, you know, we knew what we were doing, we knew the sort of foundation of what PFF would become, we just hadn't got the data yet, right? So we, we thought we knew all these things about NFL and football and players, and, and then it took a couple of years for PFF to start grading players and, like, reinforce or dispel some of those things. So it's kind of, it's that sweet spot of, like, when we were really into the game but didn't quite have the, the depth of data yet to back it all yeah. up. But let's not ruin it. Let's not ruin it with data. So whatever you believe no, during that time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, let's still believe it. Yes. Okay. I was, I was good. Touchdown to check down. Hey, my, my dad drafted a running back in the fourth round. He wasn't taking a guy taking those guys high, so he <laughs> he kind of he kind of knew that. He was like, okay, we can just kind of go by committee, right? But now I have another back that I'm going to throw in here that was part of that committee. I'm pretty excited to throw that comp out. <laughs> See, he knew. Bit. He knew. <laughs> he knew back in the day. We're not overspending yeah. on running backs. Yeah. Uh, so Get a Kenny... receiver and throw it deep. Touchdown to check down. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Yeah, Taylor Heineke and better John Kittner so far. And I could, I also couldn't come up with a good one for Kenny Pickett. Okay. So failure so I'm far. I'm sure you'll manage something later. I Don't will worry. have some comp. I'll have a comp for this next player. Drake London, the USC wide receiver nate what do you have for drake london if anything and this one this one i've been tough you know the obvious one was mike evans but i he's not as big as mike evans yeah. and not as twitchy as mike evans was and i i've heard alshon jeffrey but alshon was i i appreciate because they both had a kind of the bully ball style but really it's another usc guy and that's Keyshawn johnson and and if you look at their size and speed comparisons there's a lot that's similar to their like to just their body composition i mean i think they're almost the same weight i think they're almost the same height like I, there's a lot kind of like a slant monster kind of like this you know big bully ball winner so it's more of a style or a size comparison because i think drake london's a kind of a unique uh prospect to watch you know playing that air raid offense even though i'm a big fan of his but i went with Keyshawn johnson i wouldn't take him number one overall yeah like Keyshawn johnson <laughs> but uh but uh but yeah that, that's kind of a guy that i i really like a little more uh as the comparison win and i kind of I, I made it sound good in my head anyways he Keyshawn, was six four two eleven. yeah drake london was such a weird player to watch because you know so i don't know how you go about kind of doing your player comps um, from a, a methodolo- methodological point of view, but when I'm watching players, sometimes a guy just immediately reminds you of somebody the way mm-hmm. he's moving, you know? And it's great when you immediately are able to think of who that player is. You're like, oh, it's just, he moves exactly like whoever. Yep. What's more frustrating than almost anything else in the world is when a player clearly reminds you of somebody, and for the love of anything, you cannot think who it is. Yep. And that's what Drake London is to me. Every time I watch him play, it's like I know that. I know that movement. I know that the whole body type, the the way he's shifting around, and I cannot put my finger on exactly who it is. So I've been through like a few different players with Drake London, and I'm pretty sure none of them are the specific player that he's reminding me of. But the closest I've come is Plaxico Burris. Nice. I like that. Yeah. But the I didn't big body big was, win. by the way. Because uh, I actually looked him up this morning, so that's kind of funny. I didn't realize that he weighed like two thirty. I, I yeah, he no was idea. he's a he big guy, thick. Yeah, he looked skinny. Like he definitely felt much skinnier on the field. But was he six six? He was tall. Yeah, he was a big guy. Yeah. He was a big boy. And all, but also, <laughs> yeah. like it, it's sort of you know one of the things Drake London's good at, uh, better than I think people give him credit for, is run after the catch skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you sort of say, oh, Plaxico Burris, people like, yeah, but Plaxico couldn't run after the catch in the NFL. Sure, but if you go back to like Michigan State. There's a ton of plays that dude just like smoking people after the catch and running away from the defense and throwing a guy. Off yeah, like Michigan stuff, State yeah. Plaxico Burris more than uh, more than shooting himself in the thigh Plaxico Burris. <laughs> so before <laughs> before the gun incident, yeah, Plaxico. 
All right, I got a comp here. So I'm going. I this was way back. This was like first impression comp. Okay. When watching Drake London, and it was Cortland Sutton from the Denver Broncos. So I'm when I watch Cortland Sutton at SMU, I'm thinking, okay, big body. When you see the big bodied receivers, a lot of times you you think about the contested catches and what they do at the catch point. But then Sutton always surprised me after the catch, right, with a little bit of shiftiness and all that stuff. So combining those two things, I got the same vibe watching Drake London, right? He is not just a catch point guy. He is not just uh, – he's also not a guy that I don't think has zero chance of separating, right? Like when we watch Nikhil Harry, we're like, you know, corners are going to be glued to Nikhil Harry, but he's really shifty in space. Um Drake London, I think, can get open, kind of like a Mike Evans can get open, even though it doesn't always make sense. They're open, but uh, Drake London, after the catch, I think also has a little bit of uh, shiftiness to him as well. And that, that all reminded me of Sutton. I like that. And I like that because uh, that's what surprised me with London is he was able to, to like sync on his routes and come out of stuff. And like right after the catch, he would be able to like plant his hand on the ground. He didn't look stiff. And I could see that with Sutton because I remember watching Sutton and he'd like catch a ball and he was almost like a skater where you keep his like shoulders north but he could like move side to side yeah or like a skier i guess is a better way to put it and i remember that and i could see that was or with uh, london a little bit being able to like catch and he's kind of like shifty but it's kind of like a, a unique manner how he does it yeah i'm a big fan of london i think he's an uh, absolute stud i've uh, i've been been yelling at the usc quarterbacks for the last few months for not getting the ball a little bit quicker so we can uh, end the uh separation arguments pretty early <laughs> yeah right i mean I, I like nate's descriptions here that's good He's yeah the, the skater comp and you know looking at uh, you know shoulder tilt and all that's good that's really good <laughs> yeah yeah the more like particularly the more obscure sports you can rope into this the better i'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of that like, I got so, curling coming up too. Nice. <laughs> we on our on we our never wide, use baseball here. Or on our uh, wide receiver podcast uh, that we did a while ago, I was saying how Drake London, because of the the contested catch skills and not just like at the catch point bodying a dude, but just understanding how to react to the ball, and move, manipulate his position, the cornerback's position, the whole thing. He reminded me of a, a GAA player, Gaelic football player, because those guys are all about just high pointing the ball. Like yeah. going up and understanding not just where to go and high point it, but like how to maneuver around players to make sure you're the dude that's going to get it at the high point. And that he's no, so good absolutely. at that. Yeah, no, I, how he adjusts the ball. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys say, oh, they have a basketball background. And it's like, okay, you can see him jump a little bit. But yeah, his hand eye coordination's like pretty, it's excellent. Like it really is. And yeah. just, yeah, he can make the awkward catches and low and high and like also just, yeah, like, it's the, a lot of times you see the ones like it's the red zone fade ball and it's like okay yeah the guy just has a 48 vert he just dunks on the guy and you'll see uh, uh london and even alec pierce is another guy that does this they're able to kind of like contort the hands so it's like i high point oh shoot the, the rebound flicked off the off the off the rim oh i gotta catch it over here yeah. and that's where you can see that kind of hand coordination come up yeah he's he's a fun player that the, the guy that always could not do that that instantly i'm remembering is matt jones you know the four because he's a former quarterback yeah. he's six foot six supposedly ran a four three seven that never showed up on never the actual football field <laughs> um all he became was like a pretty good slant runner like a pretty mm-hmm. good possession receiver but the jaguars would try to throw him uh fades all the time and he just would never come down with it. Yeah. yeah yeah he just was not he just didn't have good ball skills right yeah. so i mean when you see it good or bad it, it you know it stands out i think london certainly on that that good end of the spectrum there absolutely let's go Traylon Burks now the uh, wide receiver from Arkansas we've made the point and maybe you'll 
answer this question. How many receivers historically do you remember that maybe had uh, weight issues, battled weight issues? Uh, we oh. came up with Mike Williams from USC and maybe Alshon Jeffrey that actually yeah. – had yeah. some weight fluctuation that was an issue. I, I can't think of many others. I have another one, and this is my comparison for him, oh. and that's Josh Gordon. Oh, there you go. Wow. Josh Gordon had other stuff, but yeah. uh, he also battled some weight stuff because he got up to like 240 uh, for a little bit there. True. And that's that's who his play style This Traylon Burks is actually one of the most unique watches I've ever yes. had. Like, uh, it's just, it's such a, it's it just every play, it's like, okay, how's that translate? And, Okay, they're doing them like a, they're using them like a like a running back here, and they're motioning him across every single play. He doesn't just like just sit. He's never set and just goes and like runs a route. It's like yeah. everything has to be manipulated. But I went with Josh Gordon because just all the run after the catch. Um, I think when I, I've saw some of the highlights of Traylon and just watching him on film, and he plays faster than his time speed a little bit. He has that build up speed at a big body like Josh Gordon did. And I, I just have like a vivid memory of like Josh Gordon when he had those like back-to-back 200-yard games or whatever whatever he did the one year in Cleveland. And he caught a slant. And I want to say it was against the Steelers or something. He took it like 80 yards. Yep. And it was like, that's where it was like, I saw Traylon Burks do that. And then finally the, the light bulb went off for me with him. Um, so really it's just that build-up speed, yards after the catch, and just a little bit of bully ball in him, but not quite. He doesn't always play to his size, so yeah, that's where that's where my burst comparison comes from. That, that that's what all that's what got me. So uh, cop out again. I I couldn't come. I could not find it's a Traylon Burks comp. Do you have a role in this show, or are you just? I'm the facilitator. Okay. Listen, yeah. did you see how? Did you see the person that tweeted at us yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I missed two shows last week, and it, you know, paraphrasing here, the tweet was basically like it, watching the show without Steve is like you know when when my dad would watch us and, you know, and my mom's away and, you know, dad's like, you know, trying to keep the family together, but you know, something's just not right. So that's my role here, right? I'm the mom facilitating, mm. making sure that we stay on track here. And every okay. now and again, I'll throw the comp in there when needed. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I agree with yeah. on the, like every time I wanted to say, well, Burks, he's great at the catch point. He does this. And then and like, he just wouldn't jump the next time or whatever it was. Yep. The, the, his balance at the catch point <laughs> seemed off. And I, I'm trying to connect the dots. Like who, who should be good at something but isn't always there and who shouldn't be good after the catch baby but is right i'm trying to figure out who that guy is and um, i and i plus sometimes i already knew where your comp was going to be sam and i kind of liked it the uh, the build up speed thing is interesting though because a lot of times you see these plays where they're just you know running past everybody in the defense and it's because you've kind of taken away the acceleration part of that right like you've got you're already at the point where you've caught the ball and you then start to run past people, you're already at like 60% speed or whatever because yeah. you've run your initial stem, you've made your break, you've caught the ball, and you're somewhere upwards of like 50% pace. And then you just go from 50% to 100%. Like most of the 40 is the first 50%, right? Mm-hmm. So you've kind of removed that part. So a guy like Traylon Burks with his 455 or whatever it is, like half of the four five five is irrelevant at the point where he's caught this pass and is running past you know the entire Texas defense or whatever it is. So uh, really quick, Josh Gordon, I'm looking at his workout numbers now, was pretty much forty fifth to fifty fifth percentile in in everything in forty and ten yard and ten yard split and vertical and broad. He ran a four five two at six three two twenty four. In the way you're describing it, Nate, like when you just watch them on the football field, it's like, well, he took a slant and ran by everybody. And yep. he was a great deep threat for that short period of time and off mm-hmm. and on later in his career where just it he he was football fast, right? It showed yeah. up yeah. on the field. And you could absolutely watch Traylon Burks at Arkansas and say, it's working. It doesn't match 4-5-5, five, five, but it's yeah. absolutely working. Yeah, yeah. the uh, 
The player that he reminded me of is David Boston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who was another guy that, again, like David Boston was fast as hell on the field, but he only ran like a 4-4 or something. Like he didn't have, you know, 4-3 flat speed. He wasn't a blazing 40-time yeah. type of guy. Now, he was more explosive. He had a pretty crazy yeah. vertical, and who knows yoked. how much of that. Yeah. <laughs> who knows how much of that was, you know, supplement assisted, shall we say. Yeah. But David Boston was like an absolute brick was fast on the field, would just catch and run by people, and was so powerful. But again, was inconsistent. Uh, you know, obviously he ended up having injury problems and, and as they say, supplement issues. But uh, yeah, David Boston, I think, was a pretty good Traylon Burks comp. Yeah, is this like the 240-pound, 3% body fat David Boston? I mean, look, somewhere was, in the middle. You know, mid-body mid, mid, mid uh, development David Boston. <laughs> David, David Boston was like a 2000 quarterback, like the year 2000. Like the turn of the – or quarterback, I'm sorry, receiver. Right. Like that is like just a name. I think like Michael Pittman for running back. Just all these, ju- you know, juiced-up <laughs> monsters at these positions. Uh, we When I was – my David Boston story was uh, – is we had mesh in at Wisconsin just to play mesh, but we called it Boston and we started running plays off of it. And so we had a play called Patriot. We had a play called Celtic, all these like Boston sports teams names. Finally, I go, I finally asked coach Chris, Paul Chris. I was like, so why do we call this Boston? And he goes, Oh, uh, when my brother was coaching Arizona, they just ran this play over and over to David Boston. So we just stole it and just called it Boston. And it was like, because it was all mesh. So he was catching a crosser. Yeah. That big buildup speed. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of DBs didn't want to tackle him. So he's just running up the sideline. I, yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense, all that run after the catch stuff. And you thought it was New England and it was really just David. David yeah. Boston. It was David. That's great. Love it. David yeah. Boston comp for Traylon Burks uh, and Josh Gordon. I did. I'm, Josh Gordon's a good one. I, I kind of, I do that. like that one. And if, um, so this is what happens with comps, right? So we shouldn't necessarily equate him. because. But now in my head, I'm thinking, peak Josh Gordon was yeah. really, really good. As was peak David Boston. As was peak David Boston. And now I'm thinking, just give me Traylon Burks in the first. I'll take him the first round. I don't care. I where Every time is. I talk myself out of him, I talk myself back in. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. He's been one of the hardest guys for me to like I, place my finger on. I was on the radio this morning, and I'm like, honestly, he could go anywhere from like the mid of, middle of the first round to the middle of the second round, and I wouldn't be at all shocked. Wouldn't like, blink an eye. Right. Either yeah. one of those, and I would be like, yeah, makes perfect sense. And that's like a full, like that's, that's a massive yeah, range. A range. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, of course. That's exactly where he should be yeah. going. Yeah, usually yeah. it's 15 to 20. It's, yeah, 15 to 50. Yeah. Like that, that's really what it is with A, a huge po- potential range for, uh, for Traylon Burks. Yeah. All right, let's get on to Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver. I have a comp here because I use it every single year, I think, for yeah, a yeah. speed receiver. So give me the Jamison Williams comp here, Nate. Yeah, I the easy one is Deshaun Jackson just because of the, the home run speed. But I went and I, I spoiled it a little bit with the tweet because I was so excited when I watched him when that was Bullet Bob Hayes of the Cowboys. Yes. And when, when I watched it, I watched some highlights this morning. There's a great, there's like a 30-minute highlight video of Bullet Bob Hayes. I was like, holy, holy shit, this is him. This is like, they run the same. Like yes. They're both body catchers. Like I was, I was like, it was crazy for me. And they're about the same height. Bullet Bob Hayes was about six foot. Yeah, so that I'm going bold, Bob Hayes, and and that that's what Jameson Williams' game is. Speed, speed, I freaking speed. love that. I that's love great. That. I mean, the the point of comps is to you know paint a picture for the yeah. uh, for the reader, and now we our, our listeners, you know, 
and viewers have to go. Uh, they have to go Google some. Uh, or Do go we, check uh, out some YouTube highlights. Have, have we got a have we got a suitable cold weather game for Jamison Williams to come? Because remember there was that game. Was it the Ice Bowl? One game that Dallas played in that was like minus whatever at kickoff yeah. time. Bob Hay spent the entire game with his hands like stuffed into his pants or in the warmers or whatever. Just like he literally any play that he wasn't catching the ball, he literally would like stuff his hands <laughs> down his pants, and they'd be like, "Oh, Bob's not getting the ball this play." It's like, <laughs> Just walking up the line, just waddling off. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he's a Florida guy. I think he went to Florida A&M. So, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't ready for that, Who for that coldness. The, what was the Mahomes comp that Zach – that Zach Sonny, Was it Sonny Jurgensen or – Sonny Boss. Sammy Boss. Sammy Boss. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so oh, Zach man. Robinson now of the Los Angeles Rams. I don't want to give away all of his scouting secrets now that he's the <laughs> official quarterback coach over there with the Rams, but he did have the Sammy Boss comp for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, I think it's, it. it speaks to just how deep, you know, Zach goes into the archives where he's like, yeah. oh, that guy reminds me exactly of, of uh, Sammy Baugh. And it's good. sometimes you throw a comp out like this to show the level you're willing to go to. It's I'm true. over there just, I'll skip this one, I'll sit Ooh. it out, yeah. and Nate's going back to bullet, you know, right. bullet Bob. No, he's, he's diving deep into the 60s. Yeah. We got, have- we got to. I, yeah, I, I tried for a few of these to have like a modern comp and then hopefully a 90s <laughs> comp to appeal to because uh, I know my audience here. Yes. And, uh, but yeah. But Bullet Bob was was it came to mind. I was like, shit, let's, let's look him up. Let's I, I I can remember some highlights. Let's see how fast Bullet Bob was, and he was really fast. Yeah, I I, I was I tweeted this to Nate earlier. Like I I read an article years ago that oh, made yeah. a made a pretty compelling argument that Bob Hayes like wasn't just fast fast, but was genuinely the fastest sprinter of all time at that point. And this was pre Usain Bolt, right? Yeah. But. It essentially said if you adjust for, you know, era, if you adjust for cinder tracks as opposed to whatever the kind of rubber crap that they run on now is, if you spikes, all this kind of stuff. If you, like, just, like, go adjust for all those things, Bob Hayes is basically the fastest man that's ever lived. And so when you talk about Bob Hayes on the football field, like, he's not just fast, fast, or fast for the fast guys. That dude is, like, literally, you put pads on Usain Bolt and send him out there to run a go route, right, at a yep. time where we hadn't even invented zone coverage yet. So there yep. was some poor stooge out there trying to cover <laughs> Usain Bolt <laughs> running deep down the field one-on-one. That's what yeah. Bob Hayes was. So, like, yep. that dude just, like, just broke the game. Oh, so is Jamison Williams that good? Because you just described, that's also Tyree Kill today, right? I mean, that's Tyree yeah. Kill plays at a different speed than the yeah. fastest players in the NFL. And Jameson Williams, he does have literal game-breaking speed, like he does. And and I, he's more of a receiver than I originally thought he would be, and I mean that in the sense that he knows how to use that speed. A lot of these guys that have that literal world-class speed it's just okay go straight straight line as soon as they get bumped by a defender they're they're screwed yep. or they have to break on a route and it's like you know what's the kid from mighty ducks's name uh ruiz that runs into the to, to the pipes every time like that's what he's like he just he can't stop but like james williams can he knows how to like kind of tempo it and change gears to fit the fourth back to fifth and so that that is why i i'm more bullish on him than maybe i originally thought of him just being a straight speed guy um and yeah it's like he i'd say he's okay hands but he's not scared even though he's a smaller guy you know as far as play strength wise but yeah i he has a chance he has a chance to be a really dynamic player which i originally when i first watched him i was kind of being a hater and going like okay let's see this one trick pony but no he's he's a real real receiver did you have a bull Hayes? <laughs> no, between between Bob Hayes, I was kind of once I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm not even going to try and get one for Jameson Williams. Um, and I like, you know, you've used the Will Fuller thing before. In terms of impact, you know, the effect that he can have on a defense, I think a, yeah. like a healthy Will Fuller makes a lot of sense in terms of not just that 
production, but also that like manipulation of a coverage shell every right. play. Yep. Yeah, so you, you said you didn't want to use Deshaun Jackson, who just has that consistent – he's just a consistent deep threat that until maybe the end of his career just has made every offense better, right? And mm-hmm. I think Will Fuller was kind of on that path. Um, I think I used a Deshaun Jackson comp for Will Fuller when he came out or Mike Wallace comp. So that for me, this was that Mike Wallace, Will Fuller yep. spectrum of speed receiver that you have to account for. Um, I thought Williams, Jameson Williams fights – I think he fights the ball a little bit, body catches and Same. stuff like that, a lot like a Will Fuller – did coming out and for whatever that's worth I don't care I want this dude on my team I think he's a good fit for every team that I look at in the first round I'm like imagine Jamison Williams in this receiving core imagine him in this receiving core like he makes everybody better because he's bringing something that only a handful of players in the NFL have um so draft Bob Hayes in the first round (laughs) well that's what Robert Hayes and I said it's like there's never been a sports team in the history of time that said no we don't want speed we uh, no can't have it. We don't want that on our on our roster. It's like yeah, he's just gonna be useful for somebody. It's it's gravity. I mean that's what yeah. he has. It's 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 like having a JJ Redick. You know, it's like this. Uh, like yeah. yeah, he might be limited in other sense. Like you said with the body catching, I agree with that. But it's shoot, he's knocking out forty four percent of his threes. <laughs> that's yes. gonna open up a lot for everybody else, even if he doesn't take over a game. And it, I think that's what Jameson Williams could do in the in, receiving game in your study of receivers through the years have you i mean you you kind of hinted at it right like have you did you know that john ross wasn't going to work out like have you are, are you can you figure out what makes this four two four three guy different than this four two four three guy i mean when you again it's one of those things i think when you see it it makes sense like when i see mm-hmm. tyree kill i'm like I, I know he his change of direction is really good and he yeah. can go up and catch it when he needs to and but like john ross looked crazy quick too i mean his agility was insane and you don't always get that for a guy of that speed is there anything that you've come to when you see the the next four three guy say that you're able to really separate those guys it's getting bullied like yeah. really that's it it's just like not even just getting pressed but maybe if uh if you're playing a more physical you know defensive backs and they just get hands on you throughout your route as far as like getting knocked off the line and i know that kind of sounds simpler it's like play strength because jameson williams isn't that strong like he tries to block, but it's he's taking charges when he tries to do that. But he just kind of knows how to use that core strength a little bit. And John Ross was just so you know just smaller. And I know Jameson Williams skinny, but just the height, size kind of deficiencies that can come up with that. That's why I always have hesitancy with maybe taking these guys top ten just on the size you know size viewpoint because one they get smaller guys get hurt more. That's just kind of it's just a fact. Um, so like that's more. It's like John Ross still could have been useful if get a better situation where he could have been taken in the early second and he goes with a place that where he doesn't have to be the freaking guy eating all these targets and could be more of like a role player jameson williams like why i was actually more i'm more keen on him is that he does like i was mentioned before it does more of the receiver stuff where he's running these real route trees that it looks it looks clean and it's not time of time it's not flashes which is good that he's already has that feel for it i thought a guy like john ross could have been more well even though his testing was okay his route running was a little more best on straight line stuff, even at Washington. So you want so if you have a four three guy, you want a guy that's not going to get bullied. Mm. Don't want to bully. I mean, this was yeah. remember that was my biggest problem with Andy Isabella when we were watching his tape. It's like he's really fast, but if anybody touches him ever, done. Yeah. Like the ride is over. Forget it. Game strength's important. I, I was going to transition smoothly there, but then you talked. Sorry, my bad. To the only true guaranteed quality pickup this season is Manscaped. 
the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Hmm. With Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, your skill position will be sleek and smooth enough for a sub-4340. That's exactly what we're talking about It is, here. yeah, yeah. Support the PFF NFL podcast and head to manscaped.com. Use the exclusive code PFF at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. And in the season of trimming the roster, Manscaped will make sure you're cutting the right players and not any important pieces to your D. Look, fellas, don't fall off for draft board. The ladies out there think long nose hair is a major turnoff. The weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is your solution. Why not use the best tools for the job here? April's draft season, but it's also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscapes.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscapes.com. Use the code PFF. Turn your Mr. Irrelevant to a first-round pick with Manscaped. Almost nailed it there. Almost got it. <laughs> the, uh, Mr. The, Irrelevant. He's <laughs> just chuckling through the whole thing. The artwork in, deployed by Manscaped on that video is pretty spectacular. I like, didn't. I was. They had. The, I was reading. I missed you know, it. The trimmer. Yeah. The trimmer. It's some sort of space motif, and the trimmer ends yeah. up being between two planets that have come together. Ah. You know, forming a rather phallic mm. package. I see. It's pretty impressive. Good like on the, the James Bond, game. like the train going into the tunnel. A little bit, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, there we go. Oh, look at that. Perfect. Uh, oh, I mean, look, there's good. some there's some graphic designers had a lot of fun with that video. They that's did. all I'm saying. What's in the box? They ask. What's yeah. in the box? Mm-hmm. I mean, the people that make the website and, and write the copy have some fun. Absolutely. Yes, they certainly have some fun. Can we get this one through this month? Let's see. <laughs> Hell yeah, we can. Turn your Mr. <laughs> Who's going to veto it? Right. Seriously. Don't... Uh, Get rid of the Nixon snacks with Manscaped. PFF's your promo code over there. All right, George Pickens, stay our last wide receiver on the group. We'll have a little uh, free-for-all session at the end here as well. But George Pickens, Georgia wide receiver, any comp there, Nate? This has been one of my toughest ones. And I threw out TJ Hushmanzada. Wow. <laughs> and I'm not, like, particularly, like, love it, but I kind of have talked myself into it a little bit. A uh, little skinnier ball, ball winner bully type. Uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I remember Hushman's out a little bit. He kind of would kind of did everything well, um, would have a lot of physical catch point kind of big plays like down the road or with Carson Palmer kind of throwing it down to him. Um, even if he wasn't like maybe the fastest of the world types of guys, uh, or type of guy, but yeah, TJ Hushman's out kind of a under, I would say undersized, but a skinnier ball winner bully. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what George Pickens game is a little bit. Hushman's added to me is like the most classic prototypical possession receiver in NFL history. Like not Anquan Bolton? No. Like, who is possession receiver? TJ Hushman's out at the end. Yeah, he's that's the it. Guy. He's the guy. He is it. He is the possession receiver. That's him. So, to me, that's, yeah. that's not George Pickens. To me, <laughs> George Pickens... I don't like it. <laughs> George Pickens reminded me of Javon Walker, right? Oh. Long, got some speed to him, vertical threat, can go up and win... Uh, maybe has better hands than Javon Walker. Um, but, hands. like, Pickens has got legit hands. Like, he can make spectacular catches, doesn't drop the ball, uh, will get, you know, has the vertical skills, may end up being more of a vertical player only in the, in the NFL. Um, but, like, has that legit playmaking ability, I think. Walker, first-round pick in 2002 of the Green Bay Packers. His workouts, 43840. And over the uh, 89th plus percentile in vertical jump, broad jump, 20-yard yeah, shuttle, freak. Absolute freak there. Yeah. And you yeah. love George Pickens. You're I do. a first-round George Pickens guy. Yeah. 
I, now, this was right. one comp I was excited about because I'm watching oh, George yeah. Pickens, and he's contorting his body all over. Everything just looks spectacular with George Pickens, and that reminded me of Brandon Lloyd. So I'm ah. so I've gone Brandon Lloyd comp for mm. George Pickens. I was excited about that one. <laughs> yeah, this we is the one I almost passed on, but I had to put an answer in. I, I, I'm like, yeah, is that the ACTs or the SAT? SAT, you can skip. You can right? skip the then, SAT. Yeah. I never took the ACT. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had to put an answer in here. There's only one other one with that, so I'm fine with when you when as soon as Sam goes, yeah, it doesn't remind me of that. I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. You can pass. You can pass. This is the SAT here. Yeah. I'm allowing you to pass if you don't feel great about it because I've passed multiple times. Absolutely, most but, of it. In fact. But I sprinted but to the podium to hand in Brandon Lloyd. The problem with a Brandon Lloyd comp is you need to specify like, is it the one good year that he had, or he like had more than one good year. Or like the other years where it's like, who's that guy? What his 2010 adjusted for Tebow is like incredible. It's like one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time. Yeah, when you adjust for Tebow and what a half a year of Kyle Orton. But it's like, remember, <sighs> you know the way like Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick fits Brandon Marshall, a dude who's just gonna YOLO it down the field and go, go get it, right? Marshall, I got you. I'm just gonna moss this dude. Done. Like uh, Tim Tebow absolutely fits Brandon Lloyd because every single pass is a yard and a half in the wrong direction <laughs> across every axis. So everything, Brandon Lloyd's going to be like, whoa, like one-handed behind I did, him. I down. did go to the YouTube highlights just to confirm how good Brandon Lloyd was. And half of them are off-target Tebow passes where he's like five <laughs> yards, yeah. stopping, going back, staying. In. Some of his sideline stuff is incredible. But I'm, seriously, I'm watching George Pickens contort his body and just smoothly catch the ball. And it reminded me of Lloyd. So yeah. I liked that one. He's a fun player. He really is. I, I, I'm a fan of Pickens as well. I, genu- I, 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 was, I was writing just, about him recently. And I genuinely think that like if he hadn't torn his ACL and had played all this season – he would be in the conversation for that number one receiver spot, right? The it, it'd be easy, it's so much easier to talk him into that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. That, I know. I I could see why because his dominance is dominant. That's that's my way of putting it. Because it's like it doesn't matter what the situation was. He was just dunking on guys. Right. It wasn't in a sense where it's like, man, he can't separate because he also was doing the stuff where he's dive. His hand eye coordination is ridiculous because he's diving for balls, and, and then the next play, he's you know giving somebody a rock bottom. <laughs> in the end zone like it's just like a fun player to watch like because you, you see his competitiveness which you never you don't see sometimes for receivers yeah speaking of rock bottom we ah. did suggest maybe we could get into some uh like if the right wrestling comp comes up if you want to compare a uh you know a player to a wrestler and we were joking a little bit off air before um that maybe evan neal who's next on our list alabama offensive tackle you know it could be the net you know, it could be like mark henry you know, the world's strongest, strongest man, athletic, man. big dude. Who, you know, he's doing jump splits and all that stuff. And, uh, I know. You know. There's a, there's a modern guy right now, and he's he was WWE. Now he's AEW, which is what I watch more of. And uh, His name's Keith Lee, and that's who Evan Neal probably is. That's kind of like a modern Mark Henry a little right. bit. But Keith, Keith Lee, Lee is good. Yeah. <laughs> and if you see Keith Lee, it makes sense. Keith Lee was like a football player, I want to say, at Texas A&M one of the Texas schools, and then he like retired his college career because after one year, because he's like, I want to be a wrestler. And it was worked out for him, all right. But he's a he's a pretty fun, you know, big hoss that can move a little bit. It's surprisingly, surprisingly agile. So that that would be my Evan Neal uh, modern wrestling comp. You're just trying to get a job with the Jaguars here. You know, it's AEW and Tony right? Khan mm. and comp and football players. I mean, Tony's, Tony's going to hire you tomorrow. <laughs> Did you have any uh, football player comps for, uh, for Evan Neal? Hey. Uh, football cop. I have two guys with the last name Brown. 
I have a modern one is Trent Brown, because I think of Evan Neal as maybe bumping over to right tackle and that being his ideal fit when it's all said and done. Uh, more of a big mauler who's surprisingly athletic, even though I know Evan Neal's got ridiculous testing, but just on talking about film-wise. Uh, but I my original, and I'm going back to the original Orlando Brown, Zeus himself, Ooh. Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, left tackle orlando brown the first so that would be one of my comparisons just yeah his name was zeus for a reason because he was 360 pounds and he looked like he was 260 um and you know and i ended up having to wear a a, a advisor because of some unfortunate incidents uh with referees so <laughs> that's my that was my memory of orlando brown when i was a kid that's one of the most absurd stories ever for anyone that doesn't oh, yeah. know that like a referee you know, the way the flag has got like a little beanbag in there mm-hmm. so that it flies somewhere when the ref throws it. Ref pitched it and it went like through the dude's face mask and hit him in the eye. Yeah. Caused like permanent damage. Through mm-hmm. a line drive, th- like through his face mask, hit him in the eye. I mean, re- the, the like protocol a a for how they shot. throw flags has changed since yeah. that point. You have to throw yeah. it up in the yeah. air, right? Fair Instead of, yep. Yeah. Yeah, because he just launched it to the spot. And that, I mean, if you want, yeah, I've, I've watched it somewhat recently, and that thing just went right. It's one in a million. Shot. It's ridiculous like it, that that happened. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he almost killed the ref, too. It's, <laughs> it's one of those. It's, it's also a good reminder of how big yeah. and an angry just, offensive lineman is. Yes, NFL offensive lineman are. Because when you see him grab the ref, it's like, oh my God, he just ragdolls this grown man. Yeah, like yeah. it's nothing. Yeah, that was a crazy, unfortunate incident. So I like that. That the original. Orlando Brown, Zeus, and uh, and Trent Brown for Evan Neal. Like that, that's enough for both of us, unless you had no. I don't an Evan Neal one. I don't have a good comp for Evan Neal because I can't get by. I can't get past seeing him at the combine and being like, this dude is skinny. He looks like a tight end. Like, yeah. where is three hundred and like forty pounds? Is that early early career Jason Peters when he was actually right. like transitioning from tight ends to to tackle and it? freaky athletic? I mean, that was when you that were a talking a little bit. Jason Peters' name did pop into my head, but. Uh, yeah, that that would be as close as I can get. Yeah, he was one of the, the Peters is just one of the early career Peters was one of the guys I I thought of, but I like I like where Nate went here with Trent and yeah. Orlando Brown. Yeah, uh, but book ended it with Browns. Yes, uh... perfect. And Keith Lee and Mark Henry. We've got a lot of comps here for Evan Neal. A couple of wrestling comps there. Uh, the only other offensive lineman I had on my original list here, Tyler Linderbaum, your I- Iowa center. What do you have for him, Nate? I spoiled this one a little bit. I went with Jeff Christie, uh, the old late 90s Vikings and Buccaneers offensive lineman. Linderbaum tested a lot better than Jeff Christie did. I didn't realize that. I looked up his old year in like a 5'2". This is also <laughs> yeah, early that was 90s. fast back then, though. That yeah, yeah. Good. This is early 90s when they, no one even like cared or trained for that. So uh, Jeff Christie, people don't know, he was a converted fullback at Pitt. He was an undersized center. He a couple Pro Bowls with the Vikings and Bucks, I believe. And, uh, yeah, just an athletic guy that could pull and move. He was kind of the, the you know, Gen X version of what we know as Jason Kelsey now. That was yeah. kind of like what Jeff Kersey was back in the day. So that's why I went with Linderbaum because I just see that kind of has a little bit of ruggedness to him with this game, and he is very, very athletic at a, in an undersized frame. And I went with the real version of Jason Kelsey. Yeah, because, Jason right. Kelsey. I went with the lazy one because Kel- I mean Kelsey's so he looks like a little linebacker in space. He does. Yeah, right. He's so fast getting out there, and I think Linderbaum's probably the best, the best center to come out in a long time with that type of movement. It's it's a good point though that like particularly back then, whatever about certain positions training for the combine, like an offensive lineman is not practicing. No. You know, he's not 
understanding the footwork and the starting mechanisms nope. for the 40. Like, that dude is just, like, rolling in there, running 40 yards, and be like, oh, 5-3, fine, okay, next. Yeah. It's uh, all about conditioning then. Yeah. That's yeah. all it was. It was like, hey, we'll get ready for the workouts, not, like, actually doing the drills. It was right. more like, hey, make sure your cardio is good, So anyone, your, like, explosiveness. Yeah, like, I think anyone you comp an offensive line to back that far, is they're going to be more athletic than that guy because that guy it was probably more athletic than his, his own testing numbers showed. Yeah. Um, so my comp was, like, a more athletic Jeff Saturday. And if you look at Jeff Saturday's measurables in terms of height, weight, arm length, they're almost identical to Linderbaum's. Like Saturday was 6'3", is 6'3", I guess. Um, Playing weight, like just a shade, either side of 300. And then the arm length is short. Like he's got under 32-inch arms, Jeff Saturday. And yet, dude was a technician, so it didn't matter. I think those work. Yeah, Yeah, Jeff Christie. Saturday's film was always fun because it's just like – it's like – Click tape, yeah. <laughs> just how he uses his hands and everything. Just yeah, love love, love a good Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday reference. <laughs> Jeff Christie, Jason Kelsey, Jeff Saturday. Looks like uh, Linderbaum might be a good prospect here mm. in a zone yeah. heavy scheme, of course. Yeah, where he'll use his skills. All right, let's move on to defensive side of the ball. Aiden Hutchinson, of course, the subject of the PFF drama, the uh, documentary Hutch. It's it's live here on YouTube. Or wherever you listen to the podcast, be sure to check out Hutch. Came out last week. And uh, Nate, what do you have for a comp for uh, for our good friend Hutch? Yeah, Hutchinson is it's a unique watch because he tested. I mean, he I never thought he was going to be a bad athlete. I thought he'd be more of a good athlete. But he tested like an elite athlete. And he's 6'7 with T-Rex arms, which mm. is like just such a – I didn't realize he was 6'7 yeah. either. Uh, mm. I thought he was like 6'4, 6'5 maybe. Yeah, those but, don't uh, make little, sense. Little T-Rex arms. Yeah. What do you say? They don't He's got make big sense, head, six, seven. I, I, people, I don't think, appreciate the context in that, right? So, you know, you've got him over there who's like six foot ten, allegedly. You've got you. What are you listed at? What, what's your I'm list? Six five. Six five. Okay. Six oh four five. Yeah. yeah. NFL <laughs> so we've got, we've got two pretty tall people here. I'm five eleven. I have the same length arms as Aiden Hutchinson. And Aiden that Hutchinson has eight inches in height over me. And like I'm losing length by having short, like small hands. So that yeah. is that guy should not have the same length arms as me. It just should not happen. Yeah. And not only is it like it's such an unusual number, it's so weird that it's like, is is that right? Like, did somebody yeah. screw up the measurement? When they posted the height, I thought it was a typo. I was like, <laughs> oh no, no way! Like all that. That that's like me and uh, Russell Wilson. I I Russ and I played at Wisconsin together, and he he's I'm six a legit six inches taller than him. And his hands are an inch bigger than mine. I'm nine, <laughs> nine and a quarter, and he's like ten and a quarter. That's so funny. that would always be so weird. We put our hands up, and you just see him golf mine. <laughs> and it's like that must be nice. No wonder you can pump and do all that right. fun stuff. I'm worried about that ball squirting away <laughs> every time. So you could speak to Kenny Pickett's eight and a half inch hands, maybe a little bit. A little bit. I'm over the threshold. I'm, I'm good. You are over I, the I, threshold I, for sure. I'm trying to look yeah. for players that were that had that big of a discrepancy. There can't be many, right? That's so I weird. Can't get to, I can only find decimals if I can get decimals well, here. To 32 the one I went with is a guy that had shorter arms at a good height, and that's Kyle Vandenbosch. Okay. Because uh, Kyle Vandenbosch, I will say 6'4", 6'5", and he had 32-inch flat arms. And also surprisingly athletic. I think he ran a 4'6", 5". Um, pretty athletic guy. Was feisty, would play, you know, a little bit stiff on the outside, but a good run defender with some good pass rushing chops. So I actually, like... I hadn't really been trying to find a, a comparison for Hutchinson and that kind of doing the exercise for this. I was actually kind of liking that with Vandenbosch a little bit, kind of a 
tested well, but could be a little stiff with his play, but also just good hand usage and, and just a good player, but has short arms for how tall he is. That's a good one. He is such a weird prospect, Hutchinson, because like the three cone time is insane. Like his yeah. three cone is absolutely elite. You don't necessarily see it doesn't jump off the tape at you when you're watching it. And then you have this like incredible height, which usually correlates to length, you know, but he doesn't because he's got tiny little T Rex arms. You're like, well, what the like I don't understand. This is not a normal composite of skills and attributes yeah. that you can immediately go, well, that's exactly the same as this player. So the guy I found was Michael Johnson, Bengals, Georgia Tech. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, First-round caliber player who goes in the third round, had some, had some pretty good years, but he was 6'7", 266, 32-and-a-half-inch arms. Hmm. Okay. But uh, he didn't have the three-cone. He didn't have the change of direction. He was really good on well, anything he, straight he also, line or burst-wise. He also has – so you know the way some people are six foot seven, like Hutchinson. Hutchinson is foot seven, and it's all in proportion. Michael Johnson – is six four, but he has a six foot seven neck. Ah, like good, look up look up a picture of Michael Johnson. The that's a six foot four man who the has a neck. Yeah, it's, that's exactly what it is. That's a six foot four inch man who has a neck that makes him six foot seven. This is this is why we did the body type analysis. I, yeah. I I always mentioned the teammate who was like I was like eight inches taller than him, but we had like the same size torso. Like we'd be <laughs> sitting next to each other at dinner, and he you know he's just a long torso guy. Yeah. Have different body types. I'm a long, I'm long limbed. I'm long legged. <laughs> yeah. So like that for me, when I sit down, people always go, "Oh, you're, I knew you're tall, but you're even taller." Yeah, it's like, seriously. I also, I also hunch, as, but, which doesn't help <laughs> at all either. <laughs> Michael Johnson is a six foot four man. He's showing me his neck, over neck. here. Hang on, can we get this on it, the? Yeah, that's that's not a neck. Uh, yeah, you can see it from here. It's, yeah, right. when you can see it that far away. Yeah, that's not a normal it's like, neck. It's that picture of Drew Brees when he's getting tackled. Yes, neck is all the way over there. Yeah, the other one that's going to be in the is on the neck All Star team is uh, Davis Mills. Yes. Davis Mills. Oh yeah, but he's yeah. got like his isn't just there's girth to Davis Mills's neck. It's like a it's a Davis Mills neck is a cross between Mike Glennon and Takeo Spikes. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> if Takeo Spikes and Mike Bobby Glennon, Lashley. if their <laughs> necks had a baby, right? That's that's Davis Mills. Oh, Funny. this is why we do this show. <laughs> We're getting off the rails now. I've seen Chris Long for uh, Hutchinson Comp, another guy I just did not – I SAT'd it. I did not have a good one, but I saw yeah. – I also saw yours in the spreadsheet, and I'm, I'm waiting for this explanation. <laughs> Adewale Agunle. Oh, course. yeah. Yeah, you see? You, you don't <laughs> like it? You don't, you don't I like know. Agunle? I, I have no idea what he measures at, so that's why I'm like – I'm trying to remember what he measures I think he, he was like 6'5", 6'6", 265, 270. Yeah. He's like been in the same ballpark. He appears yeah. to. He appears to be very – like, I Googled it quickly. He seems to be very low on numbers, period, measurements. Like, it's almost like he just drifted in from nowhere, and we, don't, we never got a testing of him anywhere. He just started playing in the NFL one day. And we're like, all right, fine, he looks oh, like an NFL another player. one. It works. <laughs> it, it seems to be functioning. Let's roll with it. But, uh, yeah, like, I can't find a 40 time. I can't find arm length. I can't find yeah. anything other than just the NFL-listed height and weight. We don't have like anything, that. do we? I like that. Why, is yeah, the, that, why the comp then? Why? I mean, he fits it. Uh, he fits the broad prototype in terms of size. I think he played a sort of similar style in terms of he was good, athletic enough, but didn't like that three cone thing. Like the fact that he ran, I I didn't see that on tape, yeah. you know. Um, and that felt like a good lay. He was like an athletic guy, but didn't like. You didn't look at him one or go, two pretty good years. Yeah, and you didn't. You're not you seeing the Von Miller yeah. bend. You're not like guys. that's freakish. You know, yeah, he's clearly yeah. athletic, but we're not getting 
mind blown with what he's doing yep. right now. All right. I always say, I always say that for guys, I'll say he's a good athlete, but not an overwhelming athlete. Yeah. Like we're talking about with Pickett as a scrambler. It's like, he's not a bad athlete. It's just that he's not an overwhelming athlete, right. where it's like that, you know, stands out every time you watch him. I like that Vanderbosch comp he came up with as well, though. That works too. Right. Uh, this right. is Sam. Yours is interesting for this next one. Kayvon Thibodeau hmm. is next. Oregon edge defender. What do you have here, Nate? I got two here. I got Javon Curse, the original freak. And I didn't realize how much their height, weight, speed kind of aligned. They're very, you know, testing numbers and everything. Kind of had up at uh, Curse, you know, hit rookie year is one of the best, you know, rookie year pass rushing years ever. But kind of had an up and down effort as his career went along. And what does that sound like? A little bit of Thibodeau. Um, the other one is I had KGB from the Packers. Uh, as far as a, another guy, as far as how they're built, how they play a little bit, up and down play. Also just like a good run defender with some flashes uh, as a pass rusher, even in a kind of a not overwhelmingly bulky frame. I, I think KGB was like two in the high 240s during his career. And Curse was like mid 250s, which I think Thibodeau probably weigh or is going to weigh it for his career. Uh, so those are the two guys I, I went with with that as far as body type and also play style. I don't hate Curse. Curse is a decent one. Um, I, what was Curse's? Because uh, yeah, the original freak. What was his? Um, what were his like movement measurables like? Three cone. Like was he f- a fluid athlete? I don't really remember I, him. In terms they of- only had the shuttle on him. He was a four two four shuttle guy. Okay. So it wasn't you know it's it, good you know yeah, good he ran a five four five eight forty yeah. which is and I think that Thibodeau is right four five six four five seven somewhere yeah. out there we've, we've um, also and then yeah of course this is the burst that you know Curse yeah. had thirty seven inch for ten foot over just over ten foot broad so like but that's, yeah six five two sixty two at the combine so that that's a little bit that's near Thibodeau I think generally we've gotten a lot more sophisticated in terms of understanding what numbers are important for specific positions whereas back when curse was coming out it was like oh if you run a fast 40 and have a big jump you're you're a freak you're good it doesn't actually matter if you have the turning circle of a barge like that's irrelevant you know (laughs) yeah I'm not saying he did I'm just saying that like even if he had nobody would have given a crap yeah yeah Thibodeau I I remember when he came in it was everyone would talk about how small he was because he was only 250. Right. Because that's when all those DNs were you know, 280 yeah. thumping guys. So, like, I just remember that. That was always the talk with him. It's like, oh, he's a little bit undersized. And I look at his measurables now, and I'm like, 6'5", 260 is undersized? <laughs> it's like, what? God, those guys were some big bodies in the late 90s. Oh, man. But those must have all been. I mean, those are all, like, 88th, 90th percentile in our database right now. But that had to be close to, like, 98th, 99th percentile. Like, we weren't seeing those types of numbers from – from defensive ends, edge right, whatever you want to call them at that time. Yeah. I like that. Curse, huh? Yeah, Thibodeau's, Thibodeau does have similar numbers there from a testing standpoint. Yeah. What do you have for uh, Thibodeau comps here? This is right in Nate's wheelhouse. Uh, I had Brian Robinson, who was wow. another one of these guys who was like a freaky athlete. That dude's testing was off the charts. And particularly when it came to explosion, like he had a 40-plus-inch vertical um, his straight line stuff was insane. He had a really good three cone time as well. But I, again, another guy that I never quite saw that on the field, uh, which reminds me a little bit of Thibodeau, whose straight line explosion is nuts. He's got some really good kind of change of direction laterally, but the the bend, the arc thing that Von Miller, you know, is the prototype for. That's where I think he struggles. All right. I'm- I'm trying yeah. to confirm because this was another one of those like last summer. I'm not changing my uh, yeah. initial. You, I swear to God, you misremember this player. Uh, not according to the workout numbers. I thought, so I picture Trent Cole 
as okay. an undersized <laughs> edge defender who just kind of overachieved, you know. And uh, our combine numbers have him at 6'2", 236. I don't know if that's off. I know his list weight was like 6'2", 260. 6'3", 270 is his list. That's right? not really what he was. He's an undersized overachiever. That's what Trent Cole is. That's what he is. Okay. I'm sticking Trent to Cole. it. But I'm watching Thibodeau like kind of jack up blockers and just the way he plays. And I, I thought the high effort plays from Thibodeau did remind me a little bit of Trent Cole. If you want to say he's got effort issues like uh, people are talking about around the league. I'm talking about his high end plays. Reminded yeah. me of Trent Cole. And that was my initial impression, and I refused to, uh, to come off of it. Apparently, yeah. And I'm firing up some Trent Cole highlights right now just to, just to see. <laughs> just to bask in it. Just to see if I'm that crazy. Oh, uh, no. I, he just I, was, I was pretty fired up when I saw the curse measurables actually kind of aligning. I was like, oh, okay, this actually feels a lot more. Because it was like when curse was on early on, it was like, oh, wow. And then, but it was just that's what happened with his career. He kind of had – we wouldn't hear from him for a couple of games and all that. So it's kind of, kind of sound like a familiar narrative a little bit. So, so let's transition to Trayvon Walker then from a comp standpoint, because I, I also want to know, like, where do you have these guys as far as players and rankings? Um, is it Hutchinson? Number one, where do you have Kayvon Thibodeau? Where do you have Trayvon Walker? And what do you make of this Trayvon Walker? Number one overall discussion. Yeah, I, I, I still have Thibodeau one, but that's just kind of, it's again this is another one i would change my mind every day but i do have typical one because i'm going to the flash a little bit and and hoping that he gets in a situation where they kind of ease him in or really know what his expectations are i as far as walker i like i understand the argument for him and in a draft that seems to be full of doubles he's the home run swing you're hoping you get that daniel hunter holy shit and that's my comparison by the way is daniel hunter uh but you're hoping to get that kind of body type athleticism okay he just hasn't truly figured it out we'll get him where we're gonna let him go straight line and use that and just be more consistent with that i'm a little i would like walker more in the teens than a top five pick i I understand that argument but that's just it's a lot of ifs you know a lot of ifs have to hit and then as far as hutchinson hutchinson's a guy another guy like i said a draft full of doubles where i do think he's a good prospect i do think he's a good athlete i think he's going to be a good useful player but maybe not a guy I see as a top five guy. So it's kind of, for me, I'm great to that flash of Thibodeau, but it's, I always keep coming back to it. It's like, thank God I'm not picking number one (laughs) in in this draft or, or, you know, I'm in charge of any of those teams because that it's a, it's a draft that you want to trade down. And I'm going to, I'll go with, I'm also Daniel Hunter as, as my comp, right. And, Mm -hmm. And part of it is the athleticism, the body type is similar, but also from a PFF standpoint, I mean, every I mean, it's like it's in our contract. You're supposed to talk about Trayvon Walker's lack of production and how he shouldn't go top five. That's what we all, everyone's talking about here at PFF because the numbers are just so clear, but they also match what Hunter had coming out of mm-hmm. LSU. Now, Hunter, I thought, was an excellent run defender. I think Walker has flashes there, but the pass rush production just wasn't there, snap for snap. Um, so from a production, body type, athleticism standpoint, there's a lot of similarities with Hunter. Yeah. Um, to me, he's like, you know, you start off Madden, you create a player, right? You get a finite number of attributes and you got to decide where they're going, where the points are going. Everything's been plugged into the physical, right? The size, the weight, the length, the, the speed, the explosion, the three cone time. Like he is the perfect physical specimen for a modern edge rusher. Now, and the difference being, it's not that the other attributes are all zero. Like he's, a, he's the worst football player ever. 
It's just that there's a question mark over all of them. <laughs> so all of the attributes have been plugged into the physical stuff, and we have no earthly idea what he actually is as yeah. a player until we put him into an NFL offense, and he has to have, like, the same role as everybody else. Yeah. It's like he's a 65 overall, but superstar developmental. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Modern Madden. Yeah. yeah. That's before I had four kids. I'd be up, you know, up to speed on what Madden's doing right now. <laughs> you get that potential <laughs> rating. Five that's, that is, uh, that's Trayvon Walker right now. All right. How about uh, Jermaine Johnson on the edge? Another, another, another edge defender where maybe the, the yearly production doesn't necessarily match up with top 15 player. Yeah. And I actually didn't realize this guy was in a Minnesota boy in high school either. He went to Eden Prairie, which is one of the rivals. I went to Eden at the cake eaters. So it's, I this was my other one for the SAT where I almost passed on the answer, but I ended up I ended up finding this one and I kind of I like it more. I went with Trey Flowers, and and just as far as you know, a little bit of undersize if, if that like how he plays doesn't really match his body type. Um, I would say good hand usage. I think he's just more good and solid at everything. Um, I just didn't the older prospect as well, um, but it's just maybe not plays that lesson all the time, but I just think we're a solid player. Another guy that I think should be a second half of the first round guy that seen, so I understand his play numbers and everything is pretty good. I think he's more of a useful player than a true star, um, which I think that's what kind of Trey, Trey Flowers is a little bit. I love Trey Flowers. I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Trey Flowers, hand usage and power. I mean, just your power edge right a power it's like 260 but he plays like he's 300 almost yeah. like just yeah just pop i didn't want to answer this either but so i i answered it similarly but also different right so the type of player that i remember jared johnson i like right that. who is but he's 285 pounds he plays like a power yeah edge but, defender but jared johnson is also like one of the best edge setting edge setting edge defenders ever like that, you could not run the ball to his side of the field because the run would not progress beyond Jared Johnson. Like he would just jack whoever the tight end or the tackle was coming out to get him, and that run was dead in the water at that point on. Yeah, the edge so, setter. Yeah, so that's so it's the the run stopping edge setter with probably some question marks, maybe consistently rushing the passer. I think I think that's uh, where I would go with uh, Jermaine Johnson there. We got some big interior defensive linemen, the two dudes from Georgia, Jordan Davis and then Devontae Wyatt. You have a good one for Jordan Davis? Ever seen anything like him? <laughs> John Henderson. That's the there it I is. think it's the easy one. Uh big you don't see six six, six seven nose tackles. You know, they don't grow on trees and a guy especially that can move like that. Um, they're also, you know, tested like that. And I think it's John Henderson. I think that's that's what you probably end up being, just a big plugger, pushing, you know, pushing the pocket. Uh, just some almost like we will say a mauler for offensive guards, but just a mauler at defensive tackle or like nose it. tackle. And that's why I just see him with, with the same kind of kind of tier as John Henderson. I, I'm a, I like Jordan Davis. I know some of the pass rush and stuff and the rep stuff, but I it's one of those guys where it's like he's going to be useful for somebody. It's just that you have to have the expectations and use them how he should be used. We, we, we caught the tail end of John Henderson's career from a grading standpoint. He was drafted in 2001. Uh, 2002, sorry, that was Stroud in 01. But uh, we got John Henderson's grading since 06. He was a better run defender than a pass rusher. I mean, he wasn't you know, difficult to move and a mauler, right? He just destroyed people. They yeah. tried to block him. I think that is, I mean, that's where I would go as far as comp. I know you've mentioned him before as well, Sam. Yeah, and I love the fact that, that uh, Jordan Davis himself brought up John Henderson. That's right. At the combo. Cool. I thought that was phenomenal. The fact that he even knows who John Henderson is, I think, is <laughs> right. an outstanding sign. Because the slap in the face uh, videos, right? Historically, <laughs> probably. John Henderson. Honestly, probably is, but whatever. He said he was grinding John Henderson tape. That's all I need to hear. 
Um, he's a weird player, though, to me. And he kept I, – I kept getting, like, little pieces of specific players that would remind – like, not one – complete composite so Henderson's definitely one that works you reminded me a lot of Alan Branch you know the old Michigan defensive tackle where else did he play in the NFL the Patriots for a while um that a guy that like just is this huge body like 330 plus long but Branch I always felt was like a three technique who never got the opportunity to play it because they're just like you're 330 you're playing nose tackle the end like you know be happy with it just go out there and get it done um, but I think he was, like, miscast in that role. And then Vince Wilfork, in terms of, like, that's the impact that he should be able to have as a pass rusher, right? Like, Vince Wilfork was a freaking bust by the end of his career, but he could just, like, stand up, lean on a dude, and, like, push him six <laughs> yards into the backfield. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's he no reason. He didn't have anywhere to step up. Yeah. Like, Jordan Davis has 30 pressures in four years. There's no reason that he shouldn't be able to do the Vince Wilfork job of just collapsing the front of the pocket forward by six yards. Yeah, yeah don't let him step up, and hopefully he's paired with a good edge rusher that yeah. just, like, eats on it because right. the quarterback can't step up. How about his teammate, Devontae Wyatt? Completely different player than Jordan Davis. Yeah, and this this was I, – I didn't have a great one. I, I did see some Tommy Harris to his game Ooh. as far as that kind of, you know, three-tech kind of, you know, shooter. Um, and just build-wise, they kind of are built the same, kind of yeah. that box build like that you know tommy harris had and i actually didn't even look up what tommy harris measured at or anything that was just kind of like a quick glance at him and just or what i've seen from him and just remembering somewhere in my vague recesses of my mind what tommy harris played and looked like so uh yeah i went with tommy harris and and that's more body type and maybe a little bit of the play style as far as like a shooter yeah i went with uh k1 short as my oh, yeah. comp here that was one that just you know some sometimes they just click i felt good about that one because of the you know the times that Devonte white is able to penetrate into the backfield um he'll get crushed by double teams at other times you know but the highlight reel i mean k1 short had some really good years for the panthers where he was one of the better interior penetrators from multiple positions along the defensive line so i like that comp for me for uh, Devonte wyatt he reminded me a little bit of like a slightly smaller version of kevin williams you know, mm. similar. I think he's good. Back at, to the in, Vikings. Yeah, good at the same things as Kevin Williams. He's not. He's a little bit shorter. He's a little bit less, or has a little bit less length, a little bit less weight. I think as well than than Kevin did. But it's like, you know, the way uh, we've said before, James uh, James Cook is like Dalvin Cook photocopied at eighty percent across the board, right? <laughs> there's there's Devontae, James Cook the die cut version. Yeah, like Devontae Wyatt is like Kevin Williams with photocopied at like ninety percent, right? He's he's almost there across the board. There we go. I like it. All right, we got a few more to get through. I'm going to uh, maybe skip one or two here as we're getting tight on time. But uh, Devin Lloyd, Utah linebacker. Uh, by the way, because he did line up as an edge defender a little bit at Utah and had some success, we're already getting well, he's the next Micah Parsons. And um, I cannot reiterate enough that Micah Parsons <laughs> does not show up every, um, every year yeah. or even every 20 years because it's just you don't have guys that have those two skill sets. But Devin Lloyd had some success as a pass rusher, but he's your traditional linebacker. Yeah, when you have a rookie defensive player being like, oh, yeah, no one's really done this since LT. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's you're off the next one next one, year. Don't worry about it. That's, yeah, that's literally once in a generation. We, once in a generation means about 20 years, people. Like that, not once every five or once every three. Um, Devin Lloyd was a weird watch for me, but I went with Shaq Thompson as far as I, I haven't just body type as well and like how he's built, and, but also play wise. I 
haven't seen the uh, like he he gets what he gets what's trying to be done i think he's learning to how to like throw his hands and actually be that physical player that shaq thompson shaq thompson was a hybrid player you know early on in his career now that he's been a full-time linebacker especially last year he got really unlocked to be able to work in the blitz scheme that they did what phil snow did in the carolina uh but i'm, I'm going with that as far as just run even just how he runs it reminds me a little bit of shaq thompson yeah like it shaq thompson was just a like high level coverage first type of player who kind of you know did have to get used to playing He's traditional linebacker for sure i will say that uh that devin lloyd's reps as a pass rusher like a true edge rusher they're kind of nuts oh they're like, really they're good i don't want to downplay the success there yeah he had a lot of success off the edge but Micah Parsons stepped in was like a top five pass no, no, rusher this yeah. year. So I mean, don't look, do when, that. When you're, all pro candidate. <laughs> yeah. When you're yeah. when you're making comparisons from a rookie to LT and they're not crazy, you know, yeah. that immediately is, okay, yeah. we're talking some pretty weird, rarefied air right now. So the chances of Devin Lloyd doing that again the next season are pretty minimal. But when I turn on his tape and I'm like, oh, look, we're lining up on the edge here. I wonder what happens here. Oh, like how – what – how is he beating a tackle like that, like a drum, as an edge rusher? It was pretty impressive. Um, that being said, ignore that because the player he reminded me of was Donnie Edwards, who I don't mm. think ever lined up on the edge or did anything <laughs> as a, like a legitimate pass rusher on the perimeter. But like Donnie Edwards, just this capable, uh, really sort of high-level inside linebacker that understood how to play the game, was good in coverage, uh, had that kind of lanky frame, even though he wasn't that long and lot that large but i don't know i just kind of got donnie edward vibes out of his game so i i, I kind of cheated and went through this like mythical player <laughs> that i wanted so i went with uh devin lloyd comp is what i wanted akeem Ayers to be remember <laughs> okay. the 2011 second round pick out of ucla akeem Ayers. he was 6'3 254 33 inch arms he only he ran 47 so like like a lot of similar body type and and Ayers actually lined up as an edge defender at on third down at UCLA it was a reasonable pass rusher and I wanted I thought he'd be this great three down all around linebacker and in my head Akeem Ayers was going to be great and he had like one or two good years mm. but what I thought Akeem Ayers was going was going to be that's that's what I think of Devin Lloyd maybe they're all long torsoed I think we already talked about that but maybe I think that's what it is that's because what, that's I. I yeah, those comparisons, like I can picture their body types. So yeah. I don't know, maybe that's what it is. Ayers looked like such a baller in his UCLA uniform and all that stuff, oh. like everything about it. And him. that's what it feels like Donnie Edwards was as well, this kind of longer, but that's it wasn't it actually is. that long. Just maybe that's yeah. what it was, the long torso. It's a long torso yeah. guy. All right, I skip, do you have a great one for Derek Stingley? Because I don't think Sam and I either had one. Do you have, if you have one you I, love. I went Marcus Trufant with him. Okay. I, I love Stingley. I, yeah. I think he's a stud, but uh, I didn't want to put the Patrick Peterson or Champ Bailey on him. <laughs> I'm trying That's to avoid smart. doing that to anyone. Marcus, I went Marcus Trufant as kind of like the mid-level comp Original Trufant. I like it. The original Trufant. That's a good one. We didn't have a great one over here. Uh, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback uh, out of Washington. I went Kareem Jackson. Short arms, you know, smarter player, kind of does everything okay. Uh, you know, that smart play style with short arms, that's what I'm with him. Because I, I was going to say Antoine Winfield Sr., but he doesn't tackle like that. No, no, one, no one does in that kind of frame. So, yeah, no, yeah no. but I'm going to go Kareem Jackson with him. No, not too many people deserve the uh, the Antoine no. Winfield comment. That's no what one. he used I uh, for Tyron Matthew coming out, actually. Yeah. Um, off air, we did say who's the Marty Janetti <laughs> of the draft, and I said Trent McDuffie. He just dances around. He probably jumps off the top rope. You know, I mean, that's what he does. How many people listening to this podcast do you think have any idea who Marty Janetti is? Of course, our demographic. I got my buddy Mike who's listening. He definitely knows one, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Uh, Nate, he's uh, listening. Yeah, us three. Right. That's four. That's at least a few more. Okay. Uh, Email us at NFLpodcast at PFF.com. Uh, leave so a Kyle, comment Kyle on the YouTube. Shawn Michaels of this yeah. draft class. That's how we. That's how we narrow it down. Yeah. Who is who's Shawn Michaels? Who would turn yeah. on uh, Trent McDuffie? Well, that's what we could figure out. Throw him through the glass. <laughs> yeah. And who's the Bruce? Yeah. Who's the butcher? Bruce the Bruce Beefcake. <laughs> who's the host? Of, who's the host well, of Steve. It? Steve's the facilitator. Right? Yeah. There you go. So Steve yeah. can host. I'm Brutus Beefcake. Right. Yes. Yeah. You're and strutting and cutting. And then somebody needs to roll Austin in there. Austin Gale. Austin Gale is the interviewer. And then so. somebody needs to roll in and drop kick Trent McDuffie through the window over there. It's perfect. Oh, Trent uh, McDuffie, the Marty Janetti. If you're too young to know Marty Janetti, just Google it, but fine. <laughs> I think we're going to get – I think the people know. Let us know in the comments below. That's how we go viral. Oh, okay. Um, Perfect. I went with uh, maybe Troy Hill as a Trent McDuffie comp, a guy that's a little bit better in zone than man. You know, good, solid corner. I think McD- uh, McDuffie could be better, though. I don't like this comp because it's too – there's too many things about it that make me think it's just my brain playing tricks on me, right? Same school – same, you know, so he reminded me a lot of Byron Murphy, which I don't like. Because, same school scouting. Right, because the same school, Byron Murphy didn't become this great player, even though we really liked him coming out. And, you know, he's sort of underwhelmed, maybe because of the size deficiencies and stuff. There's just too many things that make me think that my brain has just constructed that, as opposed to it's actually a comp that makes sense. But it, it I was getting Byron Murphy uh flashbacks when i was your, watching him play your head your head cannon yeah like that's like, like, yeah you're like this is byron murphy right yeah. everything starts starts aligning a little bit yeah <laughs> it's okay i mean some you, you try to not force the same school stuff but sometimes it happens and i usually don't well that's why like it, it just it feels wrong but yeah. it, it was who i was getting reminded of yeah so kareem jackson troy hill byron murphy marty Janetti. that's your trent mcduffie uh ahmad gardner the sauce got a good one yeah. for him uh my modern one would be uh darius slay and that's just because the skinny, skinny, long build. Uh, but I also, because he's built so uniquely for the corner position, there's this guy for the Broncos in the early 2000s. I don't know if you guys remember him. Um, holy shit, I didn't write his name down. But he is <laughs> he was a 6'4", 190 pounds. I looked this up this morning because I was so proud. I remember You're this so guy. so excited about this. I had it. I had it. Hold on. He, this guy was like 6'4", 190. He ended up playing. Oh, Lenny Walls. Oh yeah, Lenny Walls, Boston and that College. is like, but that is who he's built like. You're you just know, going body type sauce, cop. Yes, right. Sauce is a much better player uh, or prospect at the very least because Lenny Walls went undrafted. <laughs> uh, but but as far as that tall, lanky, you know, built, almost built like a rail, but plays tough. Yeah, that's kind of like what the play style went with uh, for Slay. But then as far as just like build and everything, yeah, it's the Lenny Walls, which is a throwback. He played in the league for like. He started 25 games in his so, career, so I'm not. I'm not going to say. I think Sauce is a way better prospect than that. So you, all, all you needed to say was Darius Slay in Lenny Wall's body. That's all yeah. we needed to. There, there we go. I like that Lenny Wall's. Yeah, that's. I love that. Um, I, I think Austin Gale had this comp, and I, it's the one of the ones that he had that I didn't hate. Right? He's, he's put out like a million comps this draft season. This is one of like three that I don't think are terrible. Uh, he was competent to Nandi Asimov Scrabble. <laughs> right? That was his nickname. Um, I don't hate that as a comp. Scrabble had that long build, but was physical with it as well. I, I don't think they play quite the same style, quite the same way. But I get it, though. Yeah, I, I don't. That's not the worst comp in the world I've seen. Yeah. When totally I was watching, I was going to go with souped up Rasul Douglas. <laughs> so a better jaw, a better. I don't love it, but Rasul Douglas's body type with the size and like that's the size and length, but he's faster than Douglas. I think he's better in press than Douglas. I mean, he's a better player, so souped up Rasul Douglas. 
like is that. what I'll go with with uh, for Sauce Gardner. And at least at least Rasul's coming off his best season. So yeah, it's exactly. Not, it's yeah, not it's as like insulting. Yeah, he was he was good. <laughs> not my um, one for a guy that started twenty five games in his yeah, career. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very different comp now than it was a year ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm more willing to use it now because I like Sauce Gardner. Um, do you have you love Derek Stingley? Is Stingley definitely your one? And is Sauce number two? Yeah, but uh, it's but you, both of them legit first round grades, easy lottery pick grades, like on both of them. But I I, I prefer Stingley a little bit more. But yeah. I I think Sauce is a good prospect in his own right. I agree on both players there. Uh, all right, the last one that we had on our before we go free for all, Kyle Hamilton, uh, a unique player. So did we get anything for Kyle Hamilton, the Notre Dame safety? I unfortunately went same school scouting here, and I went with Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith, and yeah, just not the fastest guy, but big and smart, and could do it all overcomes the top end speed because he anticipates so well and, and yeah i i was kind of i forgot that you know harrison smith was a golden domer so i kind of was like dang it you know so if i bookend it with the Keyshawn johnson usc comparisons now with harrison that's good smith though like if you if you forgot that it it was a thing it means you weren't like you know you weren't led down that way the way i might have yeah. been with uh, byron murphy yeah once you're like beyond the first couple of years too you know it's okay right. i mean that was that was a decade ago for harrison smith so yeah I think that's good, probably the player. cleanest one, right? I mean, just a guy. I, that's the closest one that I would come up with as well for Kyle Hamilton, just because I like him. I think he's going to be a good player. Harrison Smith has been one of the best safeties in the NFL for the majority of his career, and I think Hamilton absolutely has that ability. Yeah, Sam, Even what you got here? Freaky, uh, freaky guy. I came up with Kerry Rhodes, who, oh, nice. and one of the reasons was because Kerry Rhodes was always so much freaking bigger than he, than he played like. Like, he was a coverage sort of specialist type of player, but he was like 6'3", 220. He was huge. And didn't, you know, didn't exactly uh, make, it wasn't a physical presence as much as you think he should be at that size. And that's kind of how I feel with uh, Kyle Hamilton. Like, he's making all these crazy small-bodied safety coverage plays, but he's like 6'3", 225. Um, and, you know, that's, it fit is basically what I'm saying. We had him at 6'3", 209 in his workout. So big safety who also ran a four five six right in that at least Kyle Hamilton's peak. Who's I don't it, know, Kerry Rhodes? Kerry Rhodes, yeah. 6'3", 209, 4, 5, 6, with a 98th percentile vertical jump of 42 inches. So that's like, same thing with Hamilton. Like, our combine analysis of him is positive, even though most people have talked about the 40 times being slow and the pro day time being terrible. The explosion numbers and everything with Hamilton are there. So you can kind of see some of those similarities between him and Kerry Rhodes as far as workouts go. I like that one. Nice. Yeah, yeah Kerry Rhodes, man. I haven't heard that name in a while. No, <laughs> I, that, was like, a that was one of the last ones I came up with, and I actually like that now that I think I about it. I did too. When was I he get exactly, How you describe it? I get exactly what you mean. I, yeah, I, I haven't thought about that name in a while. So <laughs> I didn't, that's another 05. guy I didn't realize how big he was. Yeah, like, drafted uh, in 05. By the way, he was one of the better, let's see, value ranking in war. First, first, third, fourth, 29th, and then his last year he was eighth. That's Kerry Rhodes' career, Yeah, by the way. He was uh, really good PFF for a, a long time. He's a very useful player, which, yeah, which matters, especially now. <laughs> and, and yeah, like you said, like every time I saw his sort of size, it was like, really? What? They could do 6'3", 220, like 210, I had no idea that until right now. That's like crazy. Kerry I thought Rhodes he was like six foot, 195. Right. <laughs> he didn't play like that at all. Yeah. No. Harrison Smith and Kerry Rhodes. I like that for Kyle Hamilton. Um, all right, Nate, I'll let you go. Whatever you want. Any just great <laughs> okay. comps that you enjoyed 
during this entire draft cycle here? Okay, so I got a couple that I'm pretty proud of. So I went Rashad White from Arizona State. I went with a different Minnesota Vikings back in Ontario Smith. Ooh. The Wizenator. Wiz- yes. uh, the Wizenator. <laughs> I went with him. Big body, good back, got some twitch to him. I'm, I'm a big fan of Rashad White. Um, Justin Ross, I went with Chris Henry. Remember Chris Henry oh, yeah. from West Virginia with the Bengals a little bit? Had you know, yeah, yeah. that's stuff happened. But he's uh, you know, twitchy, like couldn't really pick it together, put it together, but had some stuff to him. But yeah, Chris Henry actually reminded that reminded me a lot of him. I like that. Uh Jahan Dotson, uh, I went with Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think they play bigger than their size. Three level route runner, uh, great hands. I, I really like that one. Calvin Austin went with Taylor Gabriel, just a undersized but better receiver. You wish that he was six foot, one hundred ninety pounds, because you know just because they're football players. Um, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor went with Ashley Lalee. Nice. Uh, Ashley, I was that is it. I was pretty happy with that one. <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I went and watched back some Ashley Lalee, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's how I remember you. Um, Greg Dolchich, tight end from UCLA. I went with Jared Cook. Uh, that is their long-legged, long-speed guys. Uh, they're not bad blockers, but it's like sometimes their length almost gets in the way because they can't get underneath how you want them to. Uh, but I like that. Like They're wise, but they're really F tight ends because they're such good athletes. And then this is uh, a random one. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, <laughs> who's a uh, tight end from SMU. He's a transfer from Oklahoma. I went with Jacob, Tam- Jacob Tammy for him. That was one of my... <laughs> One of my kind of like mid-level football player comparisons that nice. uh, you know middle-class comparisons. I Jacob liked. Tammy, when you know, you know, with a comp, yeah, from the comp standpoint. So I, Ashley Lalee, that's a great one. Two thousand two first rounder for the Denver Broncos. You're yes. pulling out all sorts of uh, early two thousands Broncos here. Uh, yeah. The Calvin Austin Taylor Gabriel one. We discussed that in the podcast because we were trying to find people that uh, receivers that small who played on the outside, right? And yeah. Taylor Gabriel is one of the few. That had done it and at least had some success in the NFL level. And it's pretty close in terms of like, so Taylor Gabriel, same, almost exactly the same size, five foot eight. He's 167 as opposed to 170. So basically the same. And like Calvin Austin, he offsets that a lot with all the explosion and speed measures being really high. So 4 4 flat, not the fastest in the world, but the 20 yard split is 99th percentile 10 yard split 93rd percentile uh vertical 40 inch jump 94th percentile now what's interesting is those are not quite where Calvin Austin is like he's 95th plus and I've been thinking about this recently with Trayvon Walker as well like is there actually mileage in like the last five percent you know what I mean like the way that PFF grades Uh, get harder to achieve the higher up the scale you get you know like the difference between 98 and 99 is way bigger than the difference between you know, 78 and 79. I wonder if there's something to that at like athlete at, at in freaky athletic terms where, you know, is, is being a 99th percentile athlete in these things actually important relative to just being 90th or 93rd or whatever, like the ways more, the higher you get. Yeah. Like, is yeah, it, yeah. is the fact that Calvin Austin is basically ridiculous at all those things important relative to a guy like Taylor Gabriel it, like, does that raise his ceiling any, or is it just, eh, I mean, they're both 90, 90th percentile plus athletes in terms of speed, quickness, twitchiness, and that's great, but it probably doesn't offset being 5'8", yeah. 170. Yeah. Calvin Austin's weird for me because he breaks a lot of my rules, and I, I, I'm always going to gravitate towards the bigger receivers. Just I'm always I'm a sucker for ball winner types, and I wanted to hate him. <laughs> and I watched him. And I was like, he—he's just 
good. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a good player. And if Tutu Atwell goes in the late second, <laughs> Calvin Austin, like, you know, it's like a he's point. a much better football right. player than Tutu Atwell. Agreed. Was. It's a good point and, on Atwell. Yeah. 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 So that, that, yeah, he was a weird watch, but in a good way where I was like, man, you, you're a real receiver. You're just tiny. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I like, I like Nate hearing you say, I wanted to believe this one thing, but you watch the film and, you know, change your mind, you know, based on, yep. you know, you, you had some preconceived notions, but you were able mm-hmm. to, you know, move off those potentially. That is tough to do sometimes. It is. Um, oh yeah old, and I'm, yeah. I'm stubborn yeah. <laughs> so it is yeah we'll see that those are just the ones i'm willing to admit at this point in time <laughs> <laughs> sam did you have any uh other comps you just want to throw out there that were good? no i mean we've we've done we've covered most of the ones i think that have jumped to mind over the course of this bailey zappy being thick case keenum uh sky Moore being um it reminded me a lot of julian edelman uh, in his footwork and a lot of what he does the oh, toughness yeah those kind of how he beats things. press yeah. yeah 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 i i think that's that's actually quite a clean one he might be a he might end up being that's as good, good or even a better player than that but that's that's who he was so sky more hall of famer and you wouldn't saying. let me say that um that my guy i've lost his name the cole kelly was was fat josh allen you wouldn't let me say it i mean you just said it so i guess you can i know <laughs> i mean i didn't listen to you but you you objected to fat, <laughs> fat josh allen don't you disobey your mom I'm in charge of this. You know. <laughs> I'm going to turn this car around, Sam. Yeah, well, you know. If you keep saying that. I'm just, there's, uh, you watch this game and tell me I'm wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> At Josh Allen for Cole Kelly. Uh, the only other ones I had, uh, Roger McCreary. I had Steven Nelson at corner. Oh. Uh, Josh Paschal. Paschal. I went Devin Kennard. As oh. a guy, you know, just going to be a, just going to be a good old school Sam linebacker that doesn't exist anymore in today's NFL. So like a half edge, you know, edge setter. Uh, Brian Robinson, I have no idea. The Alabama running back. I just, I was feeling late career Sammy Morris with Brian Robinson. He's going to be that goal line back, and you know he's just going to he's just going to get some yards, but not enough. Sammy I Morris. What I I did with him. I I felt like I no I went I, I either went with him or with Latavius Murray for him. I think I can see that. And yeah, I, I can see that too. Yeah, and I, I think I even said it in it like late career Latavius, yeah, late <laughs> Latavius Murray. My Brian Robinson was Carson Strong and Trevor Simeon. I was pretty proud of that one. Oh, that's Just, pretty good. Carson Strong, Trevor. Yeah, like a little bit athlete, but knows what the hell he's doing every play. Like he knows he knows what he is good to him, like in a good way and a bad way. <laughs> right. Um, Pierre Strong, yeah. running back. So I was I was looking at his measurables and I'm watching the way he plays. And I actually went to mock draftable, and one of the top comps was Felix Felix Jones, the oh. Arkansas running back. I was like, yes, I'm in. I'm in on that. I'm in on that he one. He runs like Felix Jones. Like he's he's gonna be a home run hitter, but not. I don't yeah. know if he's physical enough and all that. Trips stuff. himself sometimes randomly, but like yeah, but <laughs> yes. get him a get him a. a a lane and he just i I will say though that just that one play i described to you earlier immediately invalidates felix jones as a comp like felix jones never makes that play felix jones the one we had everybody weaving in the secondary i don't know if you remember that one there was an amazing play i don't even remember who the hell it was against but he broke through to the second level and you know remember that play that's in barry sanders highlights all the time Mm -hmm. where he turns like a defensive back like inside and out about four times twice yeah that ever touched him right like yeah yeah just goes back into his blind spot two or three times and the guy just like spins in a circle and falls over like uh, pierre strong did that to two different defensive backs for 50 yards worth of space like, he gets through the second level and then gains another 50 by just, like, running into these guys' blind spots the whole way. Felix Jones never does that. Felix Jones when, would have found the spot between the two of them and just run as fast as he could in that exact straight line until somebody tackled him. 
when you watch an FCS guy or any small school guy, you're like, this guy better look like the most, the best player on the field. That's like assured me when I watched Pierre Strong. It was because yeah, he was ripping off 10 yards of pop. It, it was good. I This is like the high-end version. I would never do this to a guy, but a little bit of Robert Smith to his game. A little bit of a yeah, a little bit kind of that you know, just a little I bit to his that. game is a little bit of that Robert Smith where you give him an alley, he's going to get ten right. yards out of it. Move him up, move him up the board, and that and he uh, Robert Smith had more of that like savvy understanding where players were than Felix Jones. I think I, I like that yeah. more than Felix Gl- Jones. glider in a good way. Yeah, like yeah. The only other one that I had that stood out to me was uh, Damian Pierce, the Florida running back. Reminded mm-hmm. me a little bit of David Mon- David Montgomery as far as uh, tackle breaking. But also super clunky in the pass game. Just like don't don't throw him passes. Clunky. Yeah. <laughs> clunky in the pass game. Scouting report. Directly out of my notes. Uh, uh, so that was, no, he's, that was the I know he has some fans. I, I like him, but I don't like love him. But I like him. Like as a middle yeah. round back, he, I, I like him. Right. right. I think that, he's gonna good. he's gonna get you some yards oh, and break yeah. some tackles. I got Iki Aquanu as Kalecio Semele. That's my last one. Oh, that's yeah. Semele. Yeah, that's just a throwback. A You're just going red white and red uniform scouting there with uh, iowa state nc state that's what it is it's a shade of red it sounds like for a second i was like wait is icky at iowa state no that's good i like that assembly that was that was my other one might end up as a guard who knows (laughs) yeah it's true so this was fun this is we had talked about this for a while nate We, we were excited to have you on here and uh tell uh tell our millions and millions of uh listeners that's that's not real tell the tell the people where they could find all your work uh, yeah, you can find me mostly on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. And now I am with The Athletic full-time. You'll hear me on The Athletic Football Show with Robert Mays. Uh, right now, I will be doing the draft coverage during the draft, but then also you'll hear me next once or twice a week. I just come and go. I just They just they wheel me out like Hannibal Lecter, and they, they just <laughs> unravel me, and they just go, all right, go talk. Here, and they talk wrap draft. me back up and <laughs> pull me away. So that's where you'll hear me. But, yeah, if you want you want some pictures of my cat, or some wrestling references or some video game references. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nate underscore ties. Our people, do, they want that. And oh, it, yeah. it's a much bigger demographic that understands Marty Jannetty than, than you think. Absolutely. I, I'm You'll see in the be comments convinced. below. The Marty, yeah. the people just give us the thumbs up. We know Marty Jannetty. So, yeah. um, like I said, we, we've been talking about this for a while. Wanted to get the, yeah. just, the just a comp show. That was fun. It could be a nice little fun. annual event here. But, uh, Nate, appreciate you joining us. And go follow nate on twitter and, and check out all of his work awesome. thanks guys thank you sir thank you nate really quick just a reminder 50 percent off pff elite right now draft 50 is your promo code pff elite annual so go get it right now all right we'll be back again on monday the pff nfl podcast thanks to everybody for tuning in